Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to the Sports Preview Show here on the channel. It's episode 127 of the podcast. Now we're back on a Saturday this week just because of a few technical issues and we're here and we're doing things a little bit differently for today's show. It's so quiet on the sports front this weekend, only a handful of games across the county, but we are looking a bit more in depth at one particular superstar in the county at the moment, and that is our newest national champion, Dean Clancy of the Manor Hamilton-based Sean McDermott's Boxing Club. He won the national championships last weekend, uh, the senior championship, which is effectively the second tier of competition. It's his first competition out of the juvenile ranks. Phenomenal victory last weekend, and he was on to compete in the elite championships, which is the ultimate national championship in the country and he will take part in that from tonight and hopefully will participate through the rest of the week and we'll be talking to him about that in a lot more detail over the next half hour or so. We'll also be looking at the grants that have been awarded from a financial point of view in the sports capital grants that were made yesterday and 13 Leitrim-based sports clubs will avail of over €350,000 of grant aid. I'll be speaking to Junior Hazlett of Drumkieran Handball and GAA Club about the money that they have received towards an AstroTurf pitch in their facility in Drumkieran. He is literally walking on air and I know he's, uh, you'll hear in the interview later on in the show just how excited he is and what it means for the community, for the local schools and for the GAA Club itself. Now, in terms of fixtures, we are recording this on a Saturday today. It's Saturday afternoon, and there are some results from the day so far. In rugby, Sligo Rugby took to Greystones for their AIL Division 2B game, and it was a tight one where they were scored first, 5-0 up, went in behind at half time, and managed to turn it around in the second half and won on a scoreline of 20 points to 19. A couple of missed conversions for Greystones, Probably the difference between the sides, but a good result for Sligo, none all the same. In terms of Gaelic games, today there were some games in the Under-15 Championship here at home in the county. There was a playoff for fourth spot in that competition. Melvin Gales beating McDermott the Gales by a scoreline of 2-9 to 1-7, while St Mary's were beaten 1-8 to 4-13 by a dominant Gortletra side in the semi-final of that competition. Gortletra proceed to the final, where they will play the winners now of Glen Carman or Hamilton and Melvin Gales in that other semi-final. So that will probably drag on into the first weekend of December if they get played over the next couple of weekends. There are also some games tomorrow in Gaelic Games. The Under-20 Championship is back up and running. And obviously we are down to the final in the B competition and that will be next weekend between St. Joseph's and St. Bridget's. But the small matter of who will be playing in the A final will be decided tomorrow afternoon. Both games at 2 o'clock in Carrick and Shannon. We see St. Mary's play Glencarn Manor while in Balnamore, McDermott the Gales will play their local rivals, Fina St. Callians. And that game all throwing in at 2 p.m. with the two winners proceeding to the county final probably to be played next weekend but i'm sure leitrim ga will confirm all of that in due course there are some games tomorrow in soccer also 11 a.m kickoffs in both manor hamilton and carrick town where manor rangers host strand celtic as they 
proceed to continue to move towards the top of the table. Currently in second place in the league table, and they'll be looking to continue their fine start to the Super League s- season in the Sligo Leitrim and District League. While in the second tier, the Premier League, Carrick Town host Yates United. It's been a bit of a mixed bag for Carrick. Some good results, some not so good results. And they'll be looking to get back on to winning ways at home in the showgrounds in Carrick on the Boyle Road against Yates United of Drumcliffe tomorrow morning at 11am. There is one other game of note, and that's in the Under-13 Connacht Cup, where Castlereagh Celtic is the venue for Manor Rangers as they make their way to Castlereagh to try and continue their fine run in their cup competitions. There was, of course, one game this afternoon in the Under-13 Interleague competition between Inish Owen and Sligo Leitrim, and that game played up in Inish Owen. No result to hand yet. I'll bring it to you in the roundup on Monday on the show. There's one final fixture in rugby, and that is tomorrow afternoon, Sunday, at 2.30 in Ballyhonis. Carrick and Shannon Rugby Club make the trip to Mayo for that game. So that game, 2.30 tomorrow afternoon in Ballyhonis. The very best of luck to Sean McKeown and his charges in that particular game tomorrow. Now, we're going to get into the meat and bones of what we're here to talk about today, and that is boxing. And I'm delighted to say I caught up yesterday morning with Dean Clancy of Sean McDermott's club in Manor Hamilton about his senior championship success last week. Here's how our conversation went. It's quite rare for Leitrim to get national champions, but I'm delighted now to say that I'm joined by our newest national champion in the shape of boxing senior champion Dean Clancy. Dean, welcome to the programme. Cheers, thanks for having me, Brefnew. No problem at all. Thanks for coming down from Manor Hamilton for the the conversation here. Tell us a little bit about uh, what it is to be a a national champion and how how happy you are about it. Um, I suppose I'm absolutely over the moon, especially to to win the senior championships and to step up from junior level, as that was my first fight with Ohio Gerd and I've I've won previous a lot of Irish titles in the underage, so like I'm looking forward to stepping up into the senior ranks and elite ranks and proving my worth again. Like, let's go back a few years and let's talk about those junior ranks because obviously you've been a member of the Sean McDermott's Boxing Club in Manor Hamilton, it's probably since as early as you can remember. Yeah, I've been there a while now. I used to train in Sligo, like, but um, it's, it's a brilliant club out there now. They all, they all make me feel welcome. My, my family's out there as well. So. And how does that actually work on a on a day to day basis? What kind of what does a week look like in the in the world of Dean Clancy? Um, wake up, train, college, train, sleep. <laughs> That's really my day. <laughs> That's my week. <laughs> I just rinse and repeat every yeah, single day. Yeah. I love it though. So like, and you've just done your junior cert, or you're leaving cert last year. Yeah, yeah. So you mix that while you were competing at the the junior Olympics the Youth Olympics and the World Championships. Yeah. Let's start with the World Championships in Budapest last year. Talk us through how that event went for you. Um, yeah, I would, I would have been previously training up in Abbottstown uh, leading up to it over the summer. And uh, I was beaten in the quarterfinals against uh, Asa Stevenson from America who uh, later went on to win gold. Um, the fight was a bit controversial now. Look, it happened a year ago. There's nothing really you can do or say, but I thought I won that fight. Everyone thought I won that fight. But. How annoying is it in a draw like that to... To come up against one of the the big guys who goes on to win it, yeah, uh, rightly or wrongly, it's it's disappointing. But the fact that he he's the ch- it'd be better that he it's good, I suppose, that he won gold because at least he got bet by the champion and he didn't get bet by uh, 
somebody just got bet after me. Like. Yeah, that's that's kind of a nice consolation yeah. when you come back. Basically, got bet a champion. Yeah, absolutely. Then the Youth Olympics came around. Now talk us through the Youth Olympics because that's a huge event. Yeah, now that was an absolute dream come true to get there. Like, because I remember, like, I I always I always set goals and tournaments to get to. Like between years ago when I was eleven and ten, I was like, oh, I want to get to the Connacht. I want to get to the All Irelands. Then it was to represent my country in the Europeans, Worlds, and then I hit the pinnacle of my junior career getting to the Youth Olympics, and it's a huge honour to represent my country there. What was it like getting on a plane to Buenos Aires, Argentina, for, for um, that event? What was going through your head? <laughs> well, to be honest, what was going through my head on the way over was food and water, because I was making weight. <laughs> and uh, it was a long flight, I tell you that. 14 hours it was, not being able to drink. <laughs> and how many fights did you get at the event? Uh, three. Three, yeah. So you worked your way through the rounds to the semi-final? Yeah, got beat by Brazil. Uh, in a, it was a very good fight, like, it was a tough fight. He, he was 19, I, I was just six, turned 16, so. And any regrets about how it panned out, not winning the medal? Uh, look, when you're at that level, there's nothing not more you can do, and I, I was happy to be there, I suppose. You know, it was disappointing not to win a medal, because I wanted to win, obviously. But um, bigger, just big, bigger things coming. Now, let's fast forward a little bit to last week and to your senior championship success. Now, just to put things in perspective, that is you're straight out of the juvenile ranks, and that is the old intermediate championship. So it's kind of the second grade of competition, but it's where everybody starts when you come out of those juvenile grades. Yeah. What was the competition like? How, how many fighters were you up against in that competition? Um, this year, and I was surprised. My, my weight was pr- pretty uh, low. Um, I, I only got, I got a straight final, you see. So I that was my first fight with Noah Gerd, and like you can really really feel the difference. Like I I enjoy it with Noah Gerd. It was um, I presume you don't wear a headguard in training. And you would have just you'd spar without one or no? I'd spar with I spar with one definitely. Yeah, because the risk of getting a head clash is is greatly increased with Noah Gerd, and you you definitely don't want that. Like it's getting a cut is nasty, and the possibility of a reopening in a fight and getting TKO'd or stopped. You, no no one wants to go out with a cut. Like you rather win the fight. So, is there any worry in your head at all when you go into the into the ring with no head guard on for the first time that that something like that is going to happen? Like, how do you mentally deal with that? Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, I'd I'd go in there and be like, you'd be more alert when you're in there because you know if if you do get hit, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> so you you want to be really tuned in, and it makes you box better. Like, I I I feel I boxed the best I've ever boxed there the weekend with no head guard because I was more alert, tuned in, focused, and. Because you know you're going to get hurt if you get hit. If you get hit, I'm, I'm done, yeah. <laughs> and as you progress through the age grades, like you get to hit harder, but also your opponent gets to hit harder because you're that bit bigger, stronger, faster. Maturing as an athlete, yeah. You're turning uh, into an adult. So. How do you deal with that? Uh, or is it just, it comes rolled with the punches, it literally? Just, it just comes with it, like, yeah. <laughs> nice pun there, yeah. It comes with it, really, to be honest. You, do, you mature as an athlete, you're getting older, you're, you're becoming an adult, you're hitting harder. It's, it's all, it's all it's, it just comes with it I suppose yeah. now the elite championships are the reward for winning the the senior championships so traditionally this would have been the route to the Irish jersey for national championships for, for European championships world championships Olympic trials tell us about the competition itself it starts in the next couple of days so we're recording this on Thursday morning uh, it's going out on Friday what is the, the timetable for the weekend or the next couple of days Um. well I'm boxing, the draw was made there Wednesday, yesterday, so I'm boxing Saturday against a boy from Ulster called JP Hill, he's a good opponent, like I, I know him for 30 years, um, 
for when that should be in the semi-finals Monday and then the finals the week after. Now this 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 tournament will uh, be a process towards qualifying for the 2020 Olympics, which uh, for Wendy's out would be a massive achievement considering I've just turned 18 and these these boys will be a lot older than me, more experienced than me in in the in the in the elite ranks as in not an in international I suppose. But. In terms of you as a six-year-old when you first picked up gloves, you probably picked up gloves before that, but your first official kind of training session when you were five or six years of age, was the Olympics the ultimate goal? Um, yeah, to be honest, it always was. It always will be, and hopefully to get there would be a dream come true again. Like, it should, it should be any athlete's dream to get... Rep- I say it is every athlete's dream to represent your country in the Olympic Games because that's, that's, that's the highest point you can go, I suppose. I suppose if you look back to would have been the Beijing Olympics around that time, would you be, have been aware of, say, Kenny Egan getting to a final at th- that competition, or, or would that even have been a thing for you at the time? I suppose it would have been on the TV. I would have heard it would have been it would have been there. But um, what age were you? Five, six, seven, eight years of age? Easily, yeah, it would have been, yeah. But um, twenty twelve, I remember definitely watching twenty twelve and watching Katie Taylor, of course, when that was that was amazing. Like seeing her running around the ring with the flag, like it just. From there, I was like, I want to do that, and hopefully one day I will do that. It's interesting that you pick Katie Taylor because obviously people would see her as a, a, a beacon for women's boxing, a women's sport, but you're saying that as a young boy, she also influenced you as well. It wasn't the Paddy Barnes or Michael Conlon that would have... Yeah. At the time, I suppose Michael Conlon afterwards would have been a... You, yeah, you, we all know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that we've chatted a bit about um, res- like results and judges' decisions and stuff off air before you came in, and... It's it's interesting that that seems to be a narrative through the whole sport. What's the sport like at the moment in terms of that? How's it like to be competing when you go into every single fight, wondering if the judges are going to be fair or not? Yeah, like I suppose when it comes to the judging aspect, it's out of your hands altogether, completely. Like there's, there's some, there's some you get some, you lose some. You don't know what some judges are seeing most times. So I just go in there perform. Put on a good show, I suppose, for the people watching. And if I win, I win. And if the judges see otherwise, well, I don't know what. That's that's their option, I suppose. Major championships aside, you're used to going to a show where there's a handful of people at at events. You're going into this weekend with the elite senior championships of the country. There's going to be bigger crowds as you progress through the rounds over the next couple of weeks. Does that phase you at all? Or oh, are you kind of excited all. about it? Not at all. I, I absolutely love the crowds. I like... I said it there to Irish boxing like the weekend. If every seat was filled in that arena, I'd box out of my skin. Simple as like I, I really enjoy the crowd. Like I, I wouldn't. Suppose in the last year, I just changed my whole mental thinking before going into the fight. Like, just there to put on the show. Just enjoy it. You box better relaxed, and if you're tense and nervous, which is expected to be if, if there's big crowds watching you fight. So like I enjoy, I enjoy the crowds. I, lo- I love it. You seem to have a lot of confidence, but that seems to be a kind of a normal thing for, for boxers. Where does that confidence come from, from from boxers? Does it come from the club, your coaches, just inside yourself? Um I suppose I suppose I was always slightly confident in my whole life, throughout my whole life. But my work my work ethic and having a good team around me, like my father and everyone in Manor Hamilton and my family and this just the whole Believing in myself because I've done the training, I've done the rounds, I've done the travel and despairing. What what is there to lose? Like I've I'm gonna prove myself in the ring and do the best I can. So tell us about this guy you fight tomorrow or Saturday afternoon. 
he's a, he's also senior champion, yeah, elite champion. He he's strong. Um, I spared him a few few months back. Did a few rounds together, like so. I I know a little bit about him. Yeah. What would your expectation be of the fight? Not to put you under pressure. Or uh, well, look, I'm in there to win it, aren't I? So I'm gonna go and do my best. Hopefully, win out the championship and. Make 2020, I suppose. Now let's talk about that 2020 dream because we found out in the last couple of days that the the current 57k favorite, for the want of a better word, at international level won't be in the elite competitions. Now my understanding from a decade ago was that you had to win your national championship to go into the Irish team. What's the current situation with that? Yeah, look, the way the way it's seen, like um, a lot of these top as I said uh, top boxers are pulling out of these tournaments which is to be honest is absolutely disgraceful considering seven big names have pulled out of the elite championships that the seven names that were expected to win and possibly go to 2020 have all pulled out due to injury sickness or re- their own reasons like I, I can't really say much about it because obviously like I'd know them it's not fair like I, I could win these elite championships now and Possibly not go to 2020, but whether a few years ago it would have been you win your league title, you're, you're next in line to go. Like, uh, seen Kenneth, Kenneth Egan, was it, that put up on uh, Twitter there? It was like, I boxed for two senior championships to prove that I'm the best best boxer in the country at my weight. He went on to the to the Olympics then, like, so. Yeah, in terms of the Olympic qualification, has it changed? Because I know there's a lot of talk about boxing at the Olympics at the moment because of the things, I suppose, that ultimately Michael Conlon kind of brought to the front at the last Olympics in Rio, in terms of the qualification, it used to be where the country qualified in a weight class and then they decided who actually got to go to the Olympics. So mm. the boxer, male or female, who qualified wasn't necessarily the boxer that ended up at the Olympics, Not which anymore. seems fundamentally stupid anyway. But how does how does that work now? Um, it's basically to be, a, if I win these out now, to be a box-off between me and the current European champion, Kurt Walker. Like it'd be it'd be behind closed doors, you see, up in Abbottstown in the high performance, with one or two coaches watching, and it's like assessments. So to choose who's training, who's better, who's performing the best. But um, I I still think you win your elite championships, even even if it was another elite championships in January, I'd happily take another fight. Like, but in terms of, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate here for a moment. But in terms of, um, the boxers. Like anyone can have a bad day on one one fight. So if yeah. you happen to show up, be the best boxer in the country, but have a bad fight in the national championships, should you lose the whole right to compete for a year on the basis of that one event? No, I think they probably should should have another senior championships or elites, like they did back back a couple of years ago. So if you don't get the results, you don't want the first time you run it again, a bit like Brexit or our East Treaty back in the day. Somewhat like that, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't but, but stick a hair in Brexit and then who knows all. But then how does that just how does it work in terms of like say you do win this, yeah, uh, or say Kurt Walker was in it and you won it, and they run it again. That's not fair on you either. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's it's a really tricky, confusing process at the moment. Like, but um, I'd rather I'd rather win the league championships in front of everyone, perform on the day, which hopefully I will, and I plan to certainly. So. I I rather I rather box in front of everyone. I rather lose in front of everyone than win behind closed doors and him get picked. You know what I mean? No, I I get what you mean, and I completely. Sorry, it's a very confusing process. Like, 
it, it just it doesn't seem transparent. Yeah, it's and transparent, but unfortunately in Irish sport, transparency is. is not always top of the agenda. Well, listen, Dean, thank you so much for coming in to me and having a chat. Yeah, I've no actually been a pleasure to meet you. Uh, the very, very best of luck. I know you're under pressure because you're trying to make weight tonight yeah, so, or tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm weighing in tomorrow. Yeah. How's the mood? It's grand. If I'm a little bit cranky, don't judge me. <laughs> how, Going off on a cup of coffee, that's all I have. How exactly does that process work? Because you have to get to a certain weight. What did you, what's your normal body weight? 57K is the, the weight category, but normally would you be slightly above that or just on that? Oh, slightly above now, I say. A good bit above, but your luck. <laughs> so what do you have to do to make weight? Um, just eating a healthy diet, um, cutting out all the junk food, takeaways, sweets, and um, when it comes down to the last kilo or kilo and a half, I suppose it just dry out between sweat sessions and hot baths. You're going to have to uh, elaborate a bit more on that. What does dry out mean? So for the last 24, 48 hours? Yeah, just going for a wee jog with a load of, load of gear on me. Like a sauna bin suit bags. or something. Bin bags, I suppose, yeah. Um, maybe a hot bath later. It depends what I am. Like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in the weight because I've moved up obviously since last year and I'm, I'm growing into this weight class. So, yeah. But in terms of preparation for a fight, trying to do that a day or two before your fight is not ideal, surely. I'm used to it at this stage. Like most, most top athletes will be used to it, but um, it's, it's a mental battle, definitely, hundred percent. I remember being at a weigh-in of a, I think it was a third-level universities about a couple of years ago, and you'd people skipping and in bin bags, and it yeah. was just, it looked horrific. Yeah, it is like especially when you're not having eaten that day, like. And the actual process, if you do, you only get one go on the scales. Like if you're over for that one time, do you get a period of time? No, you've one chance. That's uh, it's probably more. I'm probably more nervous stepping on the scales than getting into that ring. And what happens if you don't make weight? You're just out. It's end of story. See you later. Yeah, you're done. That, see, that's nearly more brutal than the actual sport. In the it end, it is. <laughs> in terms of the championships, where can people follow that? Because is it streamed live? Is it on TV? Um, as far as I know, there might be a stream on YouTube. There definitely will be for the finals, anyways, and the finals will be on RT two or TG Car TG TG four. Yeah, I think so. Excellent. Well, listen, I'm sure it'll, it'll go really well. Now, the only thing about these things, obviously, these sports, these Olympic campaigns, which is essentially what you're at the start of now, they cost a lot of money traditionally. Now, Leitrim has its fair crack of former Olympians with Colin Griffin, Laura Reynolds, uh, Breach, Connolly from Kinlaw have all been at the Olympics in the last decade or so. How are you funding this? How do you fund your lifestyle? It It is pricey enough, but I, I have a few sponsors on my back and I'd like to really thank them, like, between my gyms, Club Vitas, Ligo, the Clayton Hotel gym, uh, TNT, and, uh, of course, EJ Menswear and Sligo. They back me since the beginning. Like, they're, they're a massive support in my career, and I'd like to thank them for that. But uh, if, anyone, if anyone wants to jump on board and help me support me, uh, on this journey towards 2020 I'd be absolutely grateful for that how can they get in touch with you um, email phone call uh, or my Instagram social media accounts so just look up Dean Clancy on social media and uh, they'll inst- find Instagram is at Dean underscore Clancy or my Facebook Dean Clancy perfect yeah. well listen Dean the very best look I think uh, anyone who's interested in helping out uh, do get in touch with him it's a fantastic campaign that he has lined up here for the next hopefully 12 months to get him to an Olympics and the very, very best of luck in that. Listen, so m- thank you so much for taking the time to come down to us here in Carrick and have a chat with us. The very, very best of yeah, luck. Congratulations on your championships last week Cheers. and uh, the very best of luck and whether that ends up in the National Stadium in the next couple of days 
or all the way to Tokyo next year. I know you'll have the full support of the entire county behind you. No, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Now, there are 13 sports clubs across the county who are celebrating over the last 24 hours after the recent announcement in the sports capital funding that those 13 sports clubs and organisations from across the county will share €356,500 across the board. The beneficiaries are wide-ranging from a variety of sports and a variety of locations, but the list of people who have received money are Ahavas GA Club for new, a new AstroTurf pitch, just under €42,000. What Ahawillan GA Club have been awarded 18500 for gym building improvement and equipment upgrade. Breffney Community Development Company for a lifelong community exercise project have received just over €2,500. From Shambo Athletics Club for a running and field athletic training area is €31,000. From Snab Boxing Club have been awarded €11,500 for the refurbishment of their clubhouse. Kilnagross National School also €11,500 for multi-purpose playing fields. Kinloch Community Development Company Limited have been awarded €17,500 for a training track, pitch lighting and fencing or a swimming pool under the auspices of Leitrim County Council for disability adaptation just under €1,000. Manor Hamilton Community Recreation and Sports Limited a multi-use area, security fencing, sports equipment to the value of €42,500. Just under €50,000 for the people in Mohol GAA Club for the refurbishment of their club facilities, while Sean O'Heslands have been granted a little bit less, €47,000 for floodlighting at their home ground in Balnamore. And Tullahan Development Association have been awarded €7,800 for AstroTurf fencing and exercise equipment, but it is the largest figure on the list that we're going to focus on for the next five or ten minutes or so, and I am going to be joined I was joined yesterday by Junior Hazlett of the Drumkieran Handball Sport and Leisure Limited or Drumkieran GA Club. It's all the one entity up there in Drumkieran. And they've been awarded €73,000 for a 4G artificial playing surface, which is a phenomenal achievement for the local area there. All 13 organisations deserve huge credit for bringing this investment from central funds into Leitrim and into our benefit in terms of our communities and whatnot. So um, here's how I got on with Junior when we had a quick chat yesterday afternoon. Now this morning the department announced the award of grants to various sports organisations around the county. Over €350,000 making its way to Leitrim in today's award of grants. And one of the recipients, in fact the biggest recipient of the lot, is Drumkieran Handball Club or Drumkieran GA Club. And Junior Hazlett joins me now. Junior, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much. You must be walking on air in Drumkieran this morning. Well, we're delighted. Um, we got word last night, late on, that... Uh, we were being allocated a sum of money, but uh, we weren't told exactly how much it was going to be. And when we heard this morning, like it's uh, it was just it's great news because when, when we decided to apply for this funding, we done it in conjunction with uh, the local school, the Highland College. They have no sports facilities, and they're currently using the handball alley on a daily basis for whatever indoor uh, PE and 
obviously there's an awful lot of emphasis on PE at the moment, so they're using that facility and uh, we're delighted to come on board when we approached them of that we'd put in a joint application. And I'd say that is probably one of the reasons why we were uh, so successful. Now this, of course, is for AstroTurf facilities. Can you explain to us, to people who might be familiar with, with the GAA grounds there in the in Drumcairn, where exactly we're talking about that these facilities will be put? We are talking about, as you walk in the main entrance to the pitch, there's a, a plot of land between the dressing rooms, the ball alley, and the football pitch. And that's where the new AstroTurf pitch is going to be situated. Excellent. So this is really going to allow the kids, essentially, in, in Drumcairn, in, in Loch Allen College, and those playing with the club to really enjoy their football or their sports in the coming years. That's correct. Uh, the agreement we have with Loch Allen College is that they will have full use of it on a daily basis. And that agreement is uh, like it was a licensing, licensing agreement that was drawn up by a solicitor. So it's 100% above board and it can never change. It will always be available to Loch Allen College. That's fantastic. Well, listen, Junior, I know you're under pressure to get away today, so I won't hold you much longer, but I just wanted to say congratulations on behalf of all of the organisations. I think 13 in total. We'll go through a list later in the programme, but thank you so much for joining us and telling well, us exactly how much that means to a community well, like Drumcairn. Like anybody that's involved in either the GA or any sports activities that's going on, there's an awful lot of emphasis on fitness and athletics and and problem with obesity and like hopefully this will be just like it's, it's what the area needs Dunkirin hasn't an awful lot in the line of sports facilities and it'll be a huge benefit to like the two national schools the occasional school and the surrounding area like it will be available to everybody that wants to use it and that's when we opened the ball alley back 10 years ago that's what we set out to do and it's getting huge use there's women's groups going in training there there's we had a, an elderly man's group doing a training session for the last couple of winters and like young and old are getting benefit from it and that's what it's all about. In terms, Junior, of the timeline going forward, when do you expect you'll be in a position to, I suppose, break ground on this and, and how long before people will actually be able to use the facilities once they're finished? We would be hoping to start it, I would say, early in the new year. Oh, that's soon. That's, that's fantastic. That's well, that would be the, like, as I said, we have been talking about it and, like, the plans is in place. So we know exactly what we're going to do and, and hopefully that, like, obviously things doesn't always go to plan, but the plan will be that I would imagine it'll probably be a two-year project before it's ready for use. But if we can pull back a bit on that, all the better. Excellent. Of course, a lot of people involved behind the scenes in making this happen too. Our uh, title is of Gear and Humble Sport and Leisure, and we have a very good committee. And we, any of the projects that we done, we built the ball alley back in 2010, and the local support was absolutely phenomenal. We done a couple of fundraisers. We done a fundraiser back in the, I think it was maybe 2010-11 ourselves, uh, thousand air fundraiser, and we raised over 65,000 locally. That was where it all started. That was what started off the ball alley and we're just 
moving on from there now. This is, as, as I said, this is our next project. Of course, in terms of funding, this isn't a 100% grant, so you will have to no. match some of the funding yourselves. I presume there will be further fundraising involved in Drumkirin to make this a, a full reality in, in due course. There certainly will, and anything that we have ever fundraised for before, the support we have got has been just absolutely brilliant, and I have no doubt, but it'll be no different this time. Fantastic. Well, listen, Junior, I'm going to let you away. Thanks very much for joining me, and congratulations. Great news today for Drumkirin and the other communities around the county. Thanks very much. Talk to you again. And that, folks, is all we have time for this week. The very best of luck to Dean Clancy as he takes on the best of his weight category in the Elite Boxing Championships over the next, well, tonight starting off, but over the next couple of weeks, hopefully as he progresses to hopefully what will become his first Elite Championship competition. I'll be back later today, as it happens, with a current affair, with a chat with John McCartan of Newtown Gore, who is all over the news in the last few weeks in relation to his role as chairman of the board of directors of Quinn Industrial Holdings. And we'll be talking about all of that as well as his music, his political life and family life and how everybody around him has been dealing with the mess that is currently happening in this county in regard to all of that. Tomorrow I'll be talking to Seamus O'Rourke on Kiss My Arts uh, about a lack of poems, recitations and good ones where he's going to share with us how a footballer farmer from Carrigallon and a carpenter ended up coming up as one of Leitrim's most famous poets. And he is launching his book tomorrow afternoon in Mitchell's in Carrigallon. Uh, well worth going along. He's going to read a few things from the poem, poems from the book, as well as having a little bit of entertainment and music on the night. Uh, it's going to be a good day, and I recommend it to anybody who wants to get out and about and maybe get ourselves a Christmas present or two for a few people in their own lives. Uh, other than that, I'll be back on Monday with the Sports Roundup, where we'll be talking about all the things that do happen over the course of the weekend. Thank you for joining me today, and I will be back a couple of times over the next few days, and uh, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>